Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, hello and welcome to the Prep Rally Podcast. My name is Dominique Gates. Joining me as always is the man himself and my good friend, Jason Frakes. Jason, how you doing? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing just fine. Not too bad for a Monday and uh, in a crazy COVID world and um, uh, more power to you. I feel like every hour you're refreshing the story about which game is going to happen, <laughs> which game is not going to happen. So Godspeed to you on that. I'm sick of doing that. <laughs> I got to tell you, but I don't see any end in sight, unfortunately. Unfortunately not. I, that's the funny thing. You know, you send out all these picks of for our predictions every week and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this one. I feel confident in the pick. And then I feels like an hour later, just kidding. You don't need that one. <laughs> Here's a completely new one with a team who knows anything about. So it's been entertaining, <laughs> if you can call it that. But there at least have been some football games, and we have a better idea about some teams. So I think that's the big thing about this week's podcast. So we're going to get into that. And uh, we'll talk about uh, what could be a big week ahead for some teams. Uh, before we get into that, just very quickly – uh, if you like, looking at week two, uh, what stood out? What did you see? I know you're able to finally see Mel yep. in action. So, uh, I guess, again, take me through some of your impressions. Yeah, I got to see Mel for the first time against Ballard. And, uh, you know, they went 51-14. to 14 And uh, I, I'd say they lived up to the hype. Yep. You know, uh, they looked really good. Uh, Daniel Sweeney ran the ball really well. Oh uh, 262 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Nick Shuddy threw it well. He threw four touchdown passes. He got all three of his uh, receivers involved in, in Vinny Anthony and Max Ganey and Verbonchik, the, the third guy. Um, you know, they, they blocked well. You know, I, I think if there were one or two things maybe Chris Wolf wasn't 100% pleased with were, were penalties. Yeah. Probably had a few too many penalties. And that second quarter, their defense got beat a couple of times uh, for some touchdown passes. <clears throat> um, set up by some special teams, actually. Uh, Shante Marrero, mm-hmm. uh, Boward's star, had a nice kickoff return. So uh, probably some things they want to get cleaned up there on defense. Um, of course, we, we learned Sayla Brown, uh, you know, their, their star defensive lineman, uh, hasn't played the first two games. Uh, he has um, about the most I could get out of either of them is a leg injury. Of course. Uh, we don't really know anything beyond that, but uh, – um, I know Sela really hopes the, he gets to play this Friday against St. X. I think that's what makes Mel even more scary. They've yeah. had two blowouts, two running clock games, yeah. and the best player yeah. on the team hasn't even played yet. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you look at some of those, obviously outside of special teams, you see some of like the home run plays that like Ballot was able to have. You think in a situation with Selah Brown, you're going to have more pressure on the quarterback in those situations, which, again, makes it more interesting. But, yeah, I think what stands out, again, Mel, like I said, they're living up to the hype. 
and you know you shouldn't be surprised. But again, you never know what to expect. So uh, they do. They just have a lot of weapons, and yeah, they really do. Just again, it's going to be a tough out for any team that has to play them. And one of those teams, again, it starts this Friday with Saint X, and yeah. you looked at, and it was interesting with Saint X. You looked at the Orangeboro game, and it, I think I still believe, as you said, they're the second best team in the state. And then you see that game, and okay, it really validates that. And then Central, I, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, they just played really slow. It took yeah. a while for them to get going, even though, I mean, Central's a good team as well. But I was surprised that you could say the lack of energy they had against Central. Uh, so <laughs> there's no such thing. You can't play slow or have right. any of those turnovers and things that they had against Central because Mel will definitely take advantage of that. You know, Central always plays Sanex tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, if they're having a down year, a good year. Just, Central just always plays them tough. It doesn't matter who the coach is or what. So I wouldn't read too much into that score, I don't think. And then, yeah. you know, Kevin's not going to make a bunch of excuses about this. But, I mean, his defense, it's ridiculous how banged up they are. I know it. Um, you know, they had six starters out on defense for that Central game. Yeah. Um, hopefully by the end of this week we'll know a little more. Um, it's interesting, their offensive line, twice this year in talking to Chris Wolf, he's gone out of his way to bring up Cliff Dawson, mm-hmm. who is their offensive line coach. Now, we don't talk much about offensive line players, much less offensive line coaches, yeah. but uh, Cliff Dawson was at Trinity the last few years under Bob Beatty for whatever reason, didn't last on that staff. And uh, Chris Wolf two days later, gives Cliff Dawson a call and says, hey, we need you. Cliff Dawson joins that male staff, went through an entire spring practice, uh, summer practice, and you know Chris Wolf has really talked a lot about what Cliff Dawson has done for that offensive line. And then you know I'm sitting here thinking about how much Chris Wolf has talked about him. And then I'm, I'm interviewing Mallard coach Adrian Morton after the game. Mm-hmm. He brings up how good Mayo's offensive line has looked and mentions Cliff Dawson coming over from Trinity to Mayo. <laughs> and so I'm starting to think, you know, we don't talk much about assistant coaches and the difference they make, but it sounds to me, you know, when opposing coaches are talking about an assistant coach and the difference they see in, in, a, in a personnel group, I, I think that speaks wonders for what – you know, Cliff Dawson has done for that male offensive line. And, you know, Daniel Sweeney, we talked about 24 carries, 262 yards, three touchdowns, 24 carries, 24 positive gains. Yeah. <laughs> he was never thrown for a loss Unbelievable. that entire game, which, which, you know, I think speaks volumes for him, but also speaks volumes for that offensive line. Well, I think that's been the thing. That's been Chris Wolf's MO each and every year. It's like, okay, if I have an experienced offensive line, it's like yeah. if I even have at least three guys back, I like yeah. my chances. When you bring back everybody and yeah. then you have a very experienced offensive line coach that they've been hyping up, you're going to get those type of results like what Mr. Sweeney was able to do. And, yeah, he was just terrific. And, quite frankly, no one on Ballard wanted to tackle him. And he just – like, he just so big and just intense. And, I mean, he – you kind of say, like, built like a man-child, but he, he is. is. I mean, he's you know, 5'11", 220. And I had to check check it two or three times because you see a guy like that and you see him doing well and you just assume without even thinking this kid's a senior. He's a junior, <laughs> so uh, you know he, he's going to be really good this year and uh, sets up to have a huge senior year next year. Yeah, absolutely. And before we kind of keep going any further, we were able to catch up with uh, St. Next coach Kevin Wallace after that game against Central, and 
again, it was just kind of like the same old memo. Like, they have to play better. They can't have penalties or turnovers or anything sloppy play because he knows how intense it's going to be. So let's take a little breather and let's listen to uh, Kevin Wallace. We just need to play. Uh, you know, we lost both of our scrimmages. And um, I, I think tonight was so different than last week in terms of the, our, you know, we were crisp last week. We looked fast. We, you know, and this tonight I just I just felt like, oh, if it's the weather or, you know, the, the lack of practice this week because of the heat, you know, whatever the case may be, we just, you know, didn't have the engines firing and then penalties, turnovers or things. The self-inflicted wounds will get us in big trouble against the type of schedule we've got to play from here on out. I guess we're supporting you. Do we need more relief in these first two games without just trying to lead this offense? I love Jack. Can't throw interceptions. You know, we, 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 we can't turn the ball over. I mean, he can do better. And I, there are high expectations for him, so I don't mean to be cruel about it, but he can play better than he played tonight. I do love his competitiveness. I do love the fact that he's a good leader for our offense. But uh, if we're going to have a football team that can compete at the state level, he's got to be a better thrower than he was tonight. Our special teams probably won us the game last week just simply because it, it, it helped us get good field position all night long. You know, I think we had superior special teams here tonight, and, and it's we better be good at it because we do have good specialists. We've got good kickers and punters and snappers. And that, that's a thing that if, if we don't have a superior special teams with other people we play, you know, we're going to have a hard time winning. Got banged up defensively after last week's win. What do you feel like? Step- seven <laughs> starters out. I'd say we're banged up. Yeah. Who do you feel like stepped up for you tonight? Well, everybody. I mean, those kids had to come in and play last week, most of them. And, and we're really young up front defensively right now, and we're trying to get better. Unfortunately, we're getting ready to go to a stretch of male elder and Trinity. We don't have much time to grow up at this point. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's only fitting that we talk about this, Jason. Uh, You know, I'll too, I'll admit I have to eat a little bit of crow once again. Uh, What about Eastern? (laughs) You know, I I thought I, I was trying to... You look at the records right now for these picks that we've had with with us and, and J.L. Curryman and Ken Spencer with WHAS 11. I was trying to, you know, trying to get my record up. And I was like, okay, maybe let me do an upset here or there. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen. It didn't help. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going to pick Bethlehem to beat Eastern in a close game. And, yeah, I'll, I'll even openly say I got a text from uh, Sean Yon after that game on Saturday. And, yeah, but it's <laughs> big win for them and an even bigger performance by Mr. Pierce. Yeah. Jason, yeah. you just want to break just read out those stats. Unreal. Yeah, 32 carries, 416 yards, uh, a huge game for Pierce Humptick. Um you mentioned, you know, Bethlehem, they were leading that game 20 to nothing in the first quarter. Yeah. That's funny you say that about coach Yon texting you. I I've always said that we should uh 
we should get some sort of reimbursement for our picks <laughs> yeah. for uh, for the locker room material, the bulletin board material. I guess you could say that we provide for these teams when we pick pick against them. So uh, yeah. I, I've even joked with, uh, I think it was Donna Moyer after they they won their state championship in basketball at Sacred Heart this year. She was like. Because I think I had a ranked third or fourth in the tournament. And I was like, you should give me a ring, you know. <laughs> yeah. As much motivation as you said I provided for you guys. But uh, that's that's another story. But, uh, yeah, you know, Eastern, uh, a big win for them, a, a big game for Pierce Huppet, who had, you know, he's he's a good player. He's got some offers, uh, Southeast Missouri State, Murray State, recruiting him. So a, a nice win for Eastern. The only thing, and I'll, I'll be that guy, I guess, um, in looking at it, you know, not all 6A teams and not all Class A teams are created equal. We know that. Right. Eastern's gone through some tough times here recently. Yeah. But but you kind of wonder, Eastern's not only 6A. I think they're one of the top, top 10 largest schools in the state. Why, why is Eastern opening with back-to-back Class A schools? Yeah. KCD and Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah. granted, those are two very good yeah. Class A schools. And maybe Sean Yon maybe didn't have anything to do with that schedule. You know, he came in late. So just being a little skeptical, though, is, you know, you, you kind of got to wonder why a, a huge 6A school is opening with uh, two Class A schools. But a, a good win for Eastern and um, they've got Fairdale this week, uh, this Friday, which will be a, I think a more uh, even sort of personnel-wise matchup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, if they can get a good win over Fairdale, then 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 I'll shut up about their schedule. Yeah, and I'm going to be positive, you know, because I'm not getting any more texts from Sean Young. I guess so. Sean Young can can text me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good job for Eastern. Good win for them. Very and good. And, and I'm not taking anything away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. From Pierce. He ran for 416 yards against a. A freshman team, you're you're doing something. So, Absolutely. and that kid, like I said, he's got offers. He he could put up those sort of numbers against anybody. So uh, that's true. You know, congratulations to them. Yeah, and still big for them. And I think the, the the trend, if you will, it's like there hasn't really been a whole lot of surprises. The teams that you figure will be strong have been strong. And you look at KCD; they're undefeated, playing well. And <clears throat> Eastern's trying to get things going. Burn Creek, who we'll talk about in a minute when we do picks, they're undefeated. They'll have a good game against Odom County. I look forward to that. And uh, so I do want to kind of just get into some picks and the top games of the week. And uh, I think that's kind of where we can get it rolling. So you ready to do it? Sure. Uh, first off, what's my record right now for picks? Do you have that? I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I think I'm still up by maybe three games over all of you. Kent Spencer had a really good week last week. He only Did. missed one game. So mm. um, he, he made a little bit of a move, but uh, – I don't have the records here in front of me, sorry. Okay. Well, it's no problem, but I, I, my comeback is coming. I'm, I'm This week, this is my week. I have faith in it. So let's get it rolling, though. Let's start, again, Odom County at Fern Creek. Both teams undefeated. <clears throat> Impressive, uh, Tayshawn McBroom, first season as head coach, yeah. getting it going really well. You like They've had some two uh, good wins and uh, blew out Shelby County and Fern Creek. They had a big win in week one and 21-10 to 10 victory over Henry Clay and it's just going to be a matchup. Can Oldham County stop the run game for Fern Creek? Oldham County likes to try to splash it up a little bit, get that offense rolling with quarterback Sam Young, who's off to a really good start yeah. to his season. So I guess what are your impressions? Who do you think will be able to come out on top? And uh, just your thoughts. Yeah, you know, Tayshawn McGroom, he's done a good job there. And, uh, you know, they are 2-0. and They haven't played anybody as good as Fern Creek yet. So, yeah. you know, I think we're going to learn a little bit more about them. 
um, this Friday night against Fern Creek. Um, you know, like you said, Sam Young is a is a really good quarterback. Um, one thing about Odom County is we don't have stats from their first two games yeah. <laughs> online, so I really haven't really been able to ascertain who else is is playing well for them. Um, you know, Fern Creek got a nice win against Henry Clay uh, at the Lexington Catholic Bluegrass Bowl on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Stoner is 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 running the ball well for them, and you know it's 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 a typical Fern Creek offense. They've thrown nine passes over their first <laughs> yeah. two games, so. Um, you know, Josh Abel's going to put those guys back there and they're going to run the ball and he, he's going to, until you stop it, that's what they're going to do. So, um, you know, Fern Creek's always going to be able to run the ball. They're always going to have a very good defense. Um, you know, Dalen Hill has four sacks already. Yeah. Uh, they've only given up 10 points combined over their first two games. So, um, Oldham County won this game last year, 12 to seven. Um, but I think if we're going to do picks here, I, I, I lean toward it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Fern Creek in this one. That's where I'm standing. <clears throat> Again, it's like for everything that you just mentioned, they haven't played anyone to Fern Creek's caliber. And each and every year, you know, Fern Creek has been one of those teams trying to, you could say, just get over that hump yeah, when they're playing the some of those teams, your males of the world. And I, I don't think they'll be there just yet. Right. But I still think they're one of the five, six best teams yeah. um, in the state. So, uh, again, I'm going to roll with Fern Creek in this one. It, and I, I just think, again, if, if – Odom County can stop the run, then like the chances, right. but I just don't think it'll happen. This it's interesting you mentioned, you know, Fern Creek, and you think about, you know, they're in the same district as Mayo. Yeah. So, you know, playoff-wise, when you look at Fern Creek, everything about them as far as playoffs revolves around Mayo when you play the teams in your district of the first two rounds. So I remember Josh Abel saying at the beginning of the season how much he really liked this Fern Creek team, and he said – we're capable of beating anybody on our schedule yeah. and we're capable of losing to anybody on our schedule. And then he kind of stopped and he said, and I realize who's on our schedule when I'm saying that <laughs> referring to male. Yeah. So, you know, he believes that they have the talent. Uh, you know, I don't think he believes they're favored to beat male by any means, right. but uh, um, he really, really likes this team. They, they get together. I think maybe some of these, his first couple teams, maybe their, the chemistry wasn't there. But he really likes the chemistry of this team, and you know, they'd be three and zero. They they'd be a, one of the really good stories here in the city so far. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Obviously, I don't like play like the sympathy card for coaches or teams. Obviously, you know it's unfortunate for situations and for every reason. But if you're if you're sitting there, if you're like you're Josh Abel, you probably think of some of the teams. I mean, they've had success, but it's like, okay, if I didn't have Mel in my district, right. imagine the run. Like, they could be making some semifinal runs and things like that, yeah. but the first two rounds, you're going to have to deal with Mel. And it's just like, right. it's just like unfortunate, but again, that's just like the hand you're dealt. But that, that, you know, that's the same story for every 6A school in Louisville when you think about it. There, yeah. you know, there, there are eight districts in 6A, three of them are the Louisville districts. And each of those three has male Saint X or Trinity. Yeah. So if you're not one of those three teams, yep. You know everybody else. You know, I'm not sure male Saint X and Trinity have ever not won their district. So you know, well, manual. I'll yeah. uh, you know, throw manual in, uh, in in Saint X's district. So, um, but you know, it's just tough for the rest of those six A schools here in the city. Absolutely. Now let's keep it rolling and look at some other picks. Also, we have uh, North Odom or North Harden taking on Manual. And Manuel, the first week one game against Central, wasn't highly impressed. They played much better against Floyd Central. Obviously, Floyd Central is way down. But, again, 
They got a roll in Juwan Northington, of course, was uh, taking care of business for them. The defense was good as well. Uh, North Harden, I mean, they blew out DeSales. Again, yeah. DeSales is down this year, but... Again, you still got to win the game, and uh, North Harden was able to kind of bounce back after looking a little rocky in week one. Yeah. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, I think Manuel probably, it, it sounds like Manuel played a lot better in week two uh, going on the road against Floyd Central yeah, and like a wake up winning call. that 34-7. And <clears throat> I think the key for them is finding someone else in their offense yeah. to produce beyond <clears throat> excuse me, beyond Jawan Northington, and, and they got it. Uh, you know, quarterback Darian Wilson – <clears throat> rushed for 139 yards and two touchdowns and also had a touchdown pass. So, um, you know, when when Manuel can find offense beyond Jawan Northington, <clears throat> they're a really good team. Yeah. So, And, and I, don't, I don't think this North Harden team is the same North Harden team as last year. Uh, they got to the state semifinals um, or the state third round, I'm sorry, um, when they played uh, before they lost to St. X. You know, they lost quite a bit of talent from that team. Yeah. Uh, they do have Manny Wimberly back, who's a really good quarterback, but uh, I'm not sure this North Harden team is as good as last year's. And, you know, I- I'll take Manuel on this one. Yeah, I- I'm going to have to agree with that. So I-, I think Manuel, like I said, it might just been a wake up call against Central saying, like, okay, you can't come out playing that flat and turn the ball over. Because, again, most teams are just going to be able to take advantage. And, Again, that's kind of when you run into kind of like with Central's, like the the six A four A field. Well, you, you know, you notice a common three theme here when we're talking about Central. Yeah, so we, we we said the same thing about Saint X as we're saying about Manual. Central's Central's a decent six A team playing four A football. Literally, I mean, that's it. They have that sort of talent. Mm-hmm. They they always play those six A team stuffs tough, and then then we when they drop into their four A schedule, they're blowing everybody they, out. Yeah, you know so. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, it's not a knock to struggle against Central. No, not at all. And that's why, I mean, yeah, Central's 0-2, but I, I haven't even thought once about no. that because, yeah, who you're playing. You're playing two of the four best teams in yes. 6A. You're a 4A team that doesn't have the type of resources, right. the type of numbers. You know what I mean? You got guys like Malachi Williams that's playing both ways. Right. and So, yeah, Central, I mean, they're fine. We'll talk more about them later. But when they get into their district schedule. Yeah, absolutely. When they play Franklin County, I can't wait to see that. Game. Oh, that's going to be fun. It's like, yeah, get your, your money just ready. Get your popcorn ready because yeah. that's going to be a show. What about Bowling Green at PRP? You know, BG, they're just not the same team right now, and which is kind of surprising after losing the opening game to Highlands. They played a little bit better against McCracken County. Again, Highlands, they haven't been good in the in traditionally these past couple of years, but traditionally, obviously, right. everyone knows they're a powerhouse. Right. McCracken County, you know, Paducah plays good football as well, pretty much that whole western Kentucky area. PRP, I mean, they are 1-0. They beat Doss. I'm not really sure what to say just yet, but yeah. I think smart money, I'll stick with Bowling Green in this game. But, uh, you know, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I agree. I, you know, Bowling Green, you know, the defending Class 5A state champion, and you think, okay, they're going to come back and, and be as good as they were last year. Well, at least results-wise, they haven't been. And, and you know, they, they lost quite a bit of talent off that team from yeah. last year. But, uh, you know, I, I think – you know, the Highlands loss isn't anything to worry about. I think Highlands might have their best team in quite a few years this year. Um, you know, they're playing really well. I think Bowling Green only lost that game by three. And, you know, you go on the road to McCracken County. Um, McCracken County is always a good 6A team. Um, so a good win there. Um, you know, Bowling Green beat PRP 24-6 last season. We don't know much from PRP's win over Doss on Friday because we don't have stats from that. 
But, um, you know, I, I, I think Tommy Williams believed this PRP team could be better than it's been the last two or three years. They always play a really tough schedule um, to get themselves ready for their district, you know, their district schedule. So, um, you know, I, I think PRP has some weapons that can give some give Bowling Green uh, some trouble Friday night. But I think just knowing what I know about those two programs, I think you'd have to go with the Purples. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just do two more games and we'll wrap up the show. Trinity, they're going to be back from a little shutdown that they had due to just this pandemic. Yeah, as of now. It's only Monday. It's only Monday. And, yeah, by the taping of this, probably as soon as I upload the podcast, it'll be a change of plans. But we will talk about it for now. They have Chicago, St. Rita. Again, this is like the first four weeks of the schedules. Like, we don't really know who they're playing, but they are playing, you know, teams that, at least from – the research you do, like yeah. the recurring thing, like there's some talent yes. in D1 kids on these yes. teams that they are playing. And again, this is a sophomore, just a young Shamrock team. So toss up, maybe. I don't yeah. know. What do you feel? Just opinions on that. Well, you know, Chicago St. Rena, I did do a little research on them. Illinois last year was one of the states, they didn't have fall football last year. So mm. there were no playoffs. Uh, they did have a limited spring schedule in the spring of 2021 that they played. I think they played six games. I think they went five and one. They entered this season ranked number one in the state in class 7A in Illinois. Illinois has eight classes, so the the second biggest class. And like you said, they have talent. Uh, They have a wide receiver named Caleb Brown who's committed to Ohio State. Uh, They have an offensive lineman, Valen Erickson, who's committed to Nebraska, which we're watching them on Saturday. He might not stay there. (laughs) Well, they might could use him right now is is where I was going. And then their quarterback, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right, Tommy Ulatowski, has actually committed to play baseball at Creighton. So, you know, they have an athlete there at at quarterback, and I think that this this is his third year as a starting quarterback there. So uh, they have some talent. Now they did lose their season opener to another team uh, from Chicago, Mount Carmel. They lost 16-9. to Um, So, you know, we'll see. But like I said, like you said, you know, they have talent. Um, The thing about Trinity going into this game – is, you know, they're coming off that quarantine. And and the thing about those schools coming off quarantine is, A, you don't know when they're going to exactly get back to practicing. B, you don't know how many of those kids might still be out. So, you know, you you try to pick this game, and you have no idea really who is going to be available to play for Trinity this week coming off that quarantine. You know, I I would imagine they're just hopeful they get to play. Yeah. So, um, you know, who knows who they're going to have Friday night. You know, if they're full strength, that's a long trip from Chicago. I don't care how talented you are. And and Trinity's going to play you tough in Marshall Stadium no matter what. And, and I you know, I have a feeling that they're going to make a big improvement from that Carmel game just from what they learned. Now, that's under normal circumstances. Like I said, how much have they got to practice these last two weeks? We exactly. really don't know. Exactly. So, you know, it's hard to pick. And so, you know, Trinity fans can get mad all they want. I, I'm going to pick, pick St. Rita just because we know they've got those three guys. We know what the expectation was for that team yeah. coming into the season based on, the, based on their ranking. So, and, and we don't know anything about what we're going to get from Trinity on Friday. I think what I'll have to keep saying, and again, you're going to hear this so much, but experience. Yeah, I'm giving the nod to experience when you're talking about D1 
guys from opposing teams, and we're talking about sophomores at Trinity. Right. Again, it's like it's like a no-brainer where the edge falls. And you also mentioned, again, I'm not sure what's to expect from this pandemic, but again, it's like, what's your conditioning level like? Right. If you miss the full week and, you know, you're not able to run sprints because, you know, I'm not a, a doctor by no means, but everyone knows COVID is a long thing. <laughs> like, it's like you're not going to be able to have that endurance. So who knows what level of shape Trinity will be in, even though it's only been a week, you just yes. don't know what to expect. So, and, and when you, excuse me, when yeah. you think about their season opening loss to Carmel, where did their defense struggle? It was against the passing game. Yep. Okay. Now, if if St. Rita had three D one guys on defense, that'd be one thing. But one of their D one guys is a wide receiver going to Ohio State. Yes. So when you think about a D one receiver going to Ohio State. Going against that sophomore secondary, uh, you it, sets it. Up, it sets up for him to have a big game. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'll agree. I'll stick with uh, Chicago St. Rita, and hopefully they'll listen to this podcast and can bring me a deep dish pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that would be much appreciated. Finally, we got Mel at St. X. <clears throat> what do you th- I'm going Mel yeah, again. I mean, you know. you got you got to pick him, especially when you don't know what St. X is going to have back there on defense. And, and maybe Mayo's getting Sayla Brown back on their defense. So um, a, a huge advantage here. I'll start out by saying I'm just glad these two teams are playing. They didn't even get to play last year. Yeah. And, you know, Mayo St. X is, you know, is always one of the best games of the year. So it'll be fun. And I, th- I think it'll be an electric atmosphere yeah. at, at St. X on, on Friday. And, and hopefully they're going to get some of these guys back. Yeah. Because um, they're going to need them against yes. that Mayo offense. That's for sure. Uh, Males averaging 50 points a game over their first two games. And, uh, you know, the, we talked about that game against Bauer. The, the other thing we really didn't talk about was Nick Shuddy and just his ability to just drop in some great passes yeah. to, to, the, to those receivers. Um, you know, I made the comment on Twitter, if he sees a guy in one-on-one, he's going to try to get him the ball. And um, it, it really presents some some tough decisions for defenses when you have the, all those weapons on the outside and then you got Daniel Sweeney running up the middle. Is you know what do you try to take away? So um, Kevin Wallace is going to have his hands full coming up with a, a game plan for that defense this week. So, yeah, yes, I'll take Mail. I will too. I think they'll keep it competitive for a little bit, but then Mail is going to just assert the dominance basically. And yeah, right now again, I think they're two to three touchdowns better than everybody in this state. So that just basically, I'm going to stick with that until I'm proven otherwise. So. Yeah, I think it'll be another a big win for Mel, and they will remain undefeated, and they will win a game at St. X. I think we're going to be wishing toward maybe October, November. We talk about the best team in the state. I think we're going to be wishing that Mayo had a game with Frederick Douglass. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I, when you think about that Frederick Douglass talent, they might be the number two team in the state overall, yeah. um, you know, leading 5A. Who are, too bad we won't get to see that this year. That's true. It'd be fun, yeah, because like the Kentucky coaches have pretty much lived over at Frederick Douglass yes. lately because yes. of that level of talent, and it kind of goes back to you. You can't let those guys leave your backyard, yes. kind of like the Louisville fans are talking about with like Selah Brown and guys like that. So, yeah, that would be really fun. So maybe that'll be something that we just kind of push for, <laughs> yeah, like some type of little bowl game with them well, this with all year. The COVID cancellations, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll pick it up. October, November. You know, they'll both have an open date, and we can uh, make that happen. Maybe we can get some sponsorship involved in the, putting that together. Yeah, well, hey, it'll be sponsored by the Prep Rally Podcast. <laughs> there we go. We'll just take the show on the road and we'll just host it at Mail or Frederick Douglass. Right, we're planting that seed for you all at Mail at Frederick Douglass. If, <laughs> if something were to happen uh, later in the year, you guys both need a game. 
You heard it here first. That's right. Let's make it happen. That's all we got for this week's show. Great show once again. Always a pleasure talking with you, Jason, and breaking down all this high school football. And just, again, be following along on our website and on social media because I know this is like a football-dedicated podcast, but we're covering soccer, we're covering volleyball, we're covering cross-country, golf, you name it. So there's plenty of preps coverage coming from the Courier-Journal. So please be following along with all of us, and you can stream this podcast on all social media platforms, and we will have it out and available for you. So we thank you all for listening to the Prep Rally Podcast, and we will see you next week.